Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. I'm Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hello, I'm thankful to be here. And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Hey. <laughs> today, <laughs> today is Thursday, November 23rd, otherwise known as, if you're in America, Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. We should, I don't know how much money we're making off this podcast, but we should be getting time and a half today. I think we're making negative money so far, but it's okay. <laughs> so that means we have to pay. All right, then we don't want time and a half, so that way we don't have to pay extra. Yeah, exactly. Any, any big Thanksgiving plans for you guys? Heading out. Uh, we're recording on a, on a Monday right now, and I'm going to uh, fly out to California uh, to see family and then go to Joshua Tree. So uh, I'll be heading out on uh, Tuesday evening. Man, you might as well just move back here, Ben. You're always here now. I am back and forth, <laughs> and it's just going to keep going. Mike? Just family, friends, and stuff. You got to cook old, anything? Uh, me? No, but my mom makes a bomb ham, and my grandma makes a great turkey, so I'm very excited. Nice. Shout out to mom. You're probably listening. Shout out to mom and grandma and their respective hams and turkeys. Yes. <laughs> I what about have you? to. Uh, I, I host, so I'll be taking Wednesday off, cleaning the house up, and start cooking stuff, and then Thursday do the whole shindig and then recuperate do you like deep fry turkey or anything crazy i'm gonna uh, this year i'm gonna cook it with a laser attachment that i got for my cnc no (laughs) (laughs) nothing crazy just a standard fair turkey yeah so uh what are you guys working on other than turkey just ripping off ben just oh yeah just seeing his project and then uh changing it slightly and calling it my own Nice. No. Uh, so, uh, hey. Which one? <laughs> oh, sh- all of them. <laughs> no, you doing the plywood shelf thing, or? Yeah, I did. Nice. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? That'll there's, be out. Oh, go ahead. There, there, there's a reason why there's so many prefab shelving systems like that, right? Like so many kind of like wire rack or you know like Rubbermaid makes a ton. If you go into like the storage aisle of Home Depot, yeah, yeah. there's so it's many. Because they're systems. so dang useful. Exactly. It's like it's it's. The, it's a it's a universal need, so mm-hmm. there there needs to be lots of lots of different versions of them. And yeah. until now, there were no YouTube videos on how to make them, but now thankfully there'll be two. So you're gonna put yeah. that aisle out of business. We'll link to each other, Ben. How's that? That works. We'll put end cards to each other's videos. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was really convenient. Uh, I was able to see IKEA's version whenever I was there. I don't know, a month or so ago, whenever I was buying all those dressers and bookcases for the IKEA Hacks videos. So while I was there, I was able to take measurements, not to mention that IKEA's website has an absurd amount of measurements on there as well. So I was able to like really plan ahead really well and make sure that I was doing things proportionally and everything was going to look right and come out clean. So I was, I'm really happy with it. So check out that video if you guys listening haven't already. I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of holes to drill. I had to drill a hole every three inches on each of my rails and all that kind of stuff. But it made it cool. It made it really modular. So if I ever get the, uh, if I ever have the want to move my shelves or desk around, I can. Mm-hmm. But currently, I feel like they're probably going to stay pretty much where they're at. I kind of got it where I like it. Nice, Ben. What do you got going? Uh, I've been getting lots of shots uh, in preparation, in vaccines in preparation for Uganda. So uh, I got. Tell them about that. I don't think you've really talked much about this at all on the podcast. Yeah. So uh, I, I signed a deal. So I'm going to be working with a organization called Journeyman International. 
and they typically work with architecture students to and they sort of uh, pair up uh, architecture or engineering students with uh, humanitarian design challenges or not challenges but actual projects um, so they have sort of these two networks one being the sort of supply side of sort of design and engineering and then the two the sort of the need side of sort of places uh, both here in the US and uh, abroad uh, sort of communities that are that aren't quite as fortunate as ourselves uh, that could use some help with some engineering and design uh, mostly for buildings a lot of things like schools hospitals clinics uh, affordable housing and things like that so I've, I've been wanting to to do something like this for a while so this has been on my radar and trying to find the right uh, groups to partner with um, I've done projects like this before but it's, it's it can be really dicey when you do uh, aid projects you know you know, with with how sort of uh, ethical the fundraising is, how transparent things are, and uh, even from a design standpoint, uh, you know, how the designs you come up with are being implemented, and then also uh, what are the sort of quality controls to make sure that somebody from one culture doesn't design something that's inappropriate uh, or doesn't take into account the local sort of building culture and, you know, climate specifics of... Uh, of a place that they're not familiar with. Yeah, because that's pretty kind of challenging, I would imagine. Going to, I don't know if third world country is the right word, but a less developed country where, you know, you can't just go to Home Depot and get pretty much any material type you want. You've got to really work with what's regional, I guess, or local to people, right? Yeah, I think you want to avoid being culturally imperialistic. Um, but yeah. you also don't want that sensitivity to be at the aid of doing, or be at the expense of doing nothing. Um, yeah. And... I think, you know, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about how to approach this. And it's, this isn't where I get to be sort of like cavalier come in. Hey, this is what I want to do. That's cool. Uh, you know, ignore the bad comments. This is yeah. the type of project where uh, I really need to listen. Uh, and I need to listen to a lot of people um, to sort of make sure that I'm, that I'm doing this project not as, uh, as just my own sort of curiosity, although that certainly is part of the motivation. Um, but it, it, it is... A very serious challenge. Um, so I'll be going, it looks like I'll be going, uh, nothing sort of set in stone yet in terms of travel. It looks like I'll be going sometime in January. Um, so now I'm wow, going that's through, soon. yeah, so now I'm going through the process of uh, getting a visa. Um, I mean, uh -huh. it's not always as simple as just having your passport up to date and going to a country. You have to apply for a visa. And as part of that visa process, uh, this is where the complication comes in. You have to show uh, vaccination for yellow fever. Um, so I was vaccinated for yellow fever, uh, almost exactly 10 years ago, which is exactly oh. when it expires. <laughs> so Great. I, that, that was when I was doing projects in, uh, Nigeria. And so, uh, I probably, so I was like, okay, no big deal. I'll just go call up a travel clinic or, you know, my local sort of a, a medical facility here in Boston and schedule appointment. Well, it turns out there's a nationwide shortage of the yellow fever vaccine. And, Classic. <laughs> and there won't be any available until 2018. I called my, you know, my local primary uh, uh, care advisor and then talked to the, the travel clinic at that thing. They're like, oh, that's the one thing we don't have. So I had made my first appointment, got my rabies shot, uh, got my uh, some other vaccines, some other boosters, got all these pills, uh, the anti-malaria pills, which I'm not looking forward to, and, and a whole bunch of other meds. Um, 
And uh, yeah, but I was like, okay, so I just really, you know, the one I really need for the visa is the yellow fever vaccine. And I was like, the one, oh, we don't have that. That's not available hardly anywhere. So then I had to like call the Center for Disease Control, which I hadn't really even thought about since I watched the first season of like Walking uh, Dead. Walking Dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, luckily they had a database. So apparently there was a European alternative to this thing that got shipped over, but it's only in a few clinics. So I finally tracked down a clinic and I uh, have an appointment to go get my shot tomorrow. So hmm. it's a long scavenger hunt for a vaccine. But it, it was interesting. I kind of just took it for granted that, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I'm especially in a place like Boston where you have such great medical facilities. Oh, no big deal. I'm going here. Just fill out the form, do this, go get a, go get a shot. You know, maybe have to wait two days at the most, but uh, not no, quite. Yeah, no. If 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 the, the these these life or death things in other parts of the world are like m- not major concerns, right? Here, right. It's like a mild inconvenience. Like, oh, geez, now I got to go find my vaccine. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I've been doing that, um, but I think that's you know mostly getting uh, taken care of. Um, awesome. So from there, I still have to sort of plan out travel and, and those kind of logistics and specifics. Other than that, I've been just editing and finishing up and preparing the the dwell videos for launch. And it looks like um, it looks like we should be able to do like a soft launch sometime uh, like first or second week of December. So, I'm pumped. Oh wow! I'm excited. So, um, so check that out. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the Dwell YouTube channel so you get alerts and you can be that first. Um, yeah. <laughs> and also check out the Dwell Made Instagram uh, account. And we'll be start posting some teasers of some of the projects we're working on as well as some you know intros to the new sort of Dwell audience of sort of who we are and what we're all about. Yep. Um, so be sure to follow the Dwell Made account on. So Instagram. what are we called there? Are we like uh, Dwell Made contributors? What's our title? Uh, I think that's up to us. What can I put on my Instagram bio? Can I put like uh, Mike Montgomery at Modern Builds at Modern Maker Podcast at Dwell Made Contributor? What do I put? Founder. I would just say Mike. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> man. <laughs> okay, so here's my Mike take, at right? Mike. I, I actually have like a strong opinion on sort of uh, a titles. Uh, they're useful in some cases, but I think whenever possible, avoid using them. Keep it them. simple. Right. Keep it simple. Like there's way too many CEOs out there that have like a, no employees. Like never. <laughs> yeah. Pro tip. Don't call yourself a CEO unless you have like at least 10 employees. Right. Because you're, you're, you're not chief of anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I know it looks good on your LinkedIn page and all that stuff, but uh, don't use the CEO title unless there's enough people to be a a chief of. Um, So does that mean putting modern builds and then in the bio saying the greatest DIY YouTube channel on earth? Do you think that's is that maybe going in that same direction? That makes more sense. That's like oh, okay, kind of right. like well, that's like kind of like when Howard Stern called himself the king of all media. He was kind of exactly. He was kind of joking at first, and then he kind of like said, "Oh, I'm just going to go with this." Yeah, yeah. It's self-proclaimed. So, it's so unaccountable. It's self-proclaimed until other people recognize it, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's what I'm sort of doing, and uh, I think I might try to do a little bit of building or stuff like that when I'm out in California. I'll see what Jessie's up to because she's been uh, playing around in her new uh, her new wood shop. And if you check out iJessup on Instagram, you can see her 
I think inappropriately or using, <laughs> I think it's like a OSHA is this okay kind of moment mm. of uh, not using a belt sander the correct way. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, the answer is probably not. Yeah. Is she like having a race on it or something? Uh, ch- check out her Instagram and you'll see and, and submit it. Tag, tag her in the tag OSHA is this okay, which is also one of my favorite Instagrams. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna hang out with her, and I think we're gonna try to get in like a Joshua Tree chip, uh, trip to do a little climbing. So I, I almost always it's become like a weird sort of Thanksgiving or pre-Thanksgiving sort of ritual to go to Joshua Tree and you know do a lot of sketching, a lot of climbing, a lot of reflecting, and sort of planning out the next year. Awesome, Chris, nice. what do you got? I put up that hall table video so far. It's, I like that uh, one going a lot. good. Thank What's you. What's the deal with these hall tables? Yeah, I was. <laughs> me and sorry. Mike were talking about how I was basically doing a stand-up bit at the end of that when I was trying to think of what am I going to say to finish off this video, and I started writing something down, and then I, I told Del- I was reading it to Dolores. I was like, man, this feels like a stand-up routine from the early '90s or something. But <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do to round it off, right? But yeah, it's a it's a good solid video, kind of like I was saying last week, kind of a back to basics in terms of the production and the style and the piece being a little bit more involved than some of the other things I had been building recently. Um, I've actually had a few people tell me that it was their favorite piece that I've built so far, which I believe it. I, I, I like that. I disagree, but yeah. still very nice. So thank you. <laughs> it has a little bit more of a traditional vibe. I think that's why. Yes. It does. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just a little more traditional looking, but it's, it's a good solid piece. So I'm happy with it. Um, other than that, let's see, I got the X carve. It's fully up and running now. I, I did my first project with it over this weekend. so That's exciting. I should put that out soon and uh, along with my review. Had, I'll, I'll spoil it now. I don't know if this will make the video, but had some problems with it. All user error. So the first one was I was like, what the heck? How, why is it cutting like this? I thought I had an eighth inch bit in it, but I had a quarter inch bit in it. So Ooh. that was causing some, uh, and especially because of the design that I was doing, it was very crucial that these certain gaps be this exact size so yeah had a uh, a couple of yelling some obscenities from i'm sure all my neighbors like what the hell's going on in chris's garage but right. all how, my uh, fault how, how noisy is it for you is it, is it can you um, leave it running or is it too disturbing yeah, okay, for the so, general atmosphere no it's okay so the first night that i did it it when i was doing my first test cut it was saturday night and i sat there and watched it the whole time it was like an hour and i just sat there i had my headphones on and had some ear protection over that. So that was okay. And it was in the garage. So it wasn't a big deal for the neighbors. The next day, it was the middle of the day that I was doing it. And I just put it outside and let it run. And like I walked down the street and I could hear it from down the street, but it was just like a very faint noise. So I don't think it's an issue, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, 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 it was pretty, it was a lot of routing too. I did two separate processes that both were about three hours an, wow. a piece. So it was like six hours of routing that it was just sitting there on my driveway going yesterday. So we'll see if I get any complaints, but I don't think it will be as long as I'm not doing it at any, any kind of weird times. Yeah. I feel like if I had a CNC, I would always be tempted to just turn up the speed a little bit. Be like, yeah, oh, I'm sure it'd be fine. It'd be fine. Yeah. And then, I think that and then the, one day it would. Well, the feed rates that they give you, I think are very conservative. I looked around a little bit online and like, it looked like you could speed it up. The thing is with a lot of this stuff, like, you know, if you're talking about, okay, it's going to take three hours or it's going to take two hours, but I can be doing other stuff in the meantime anyway. It doesn't really matter that much to me. Um, you know, the, yeah, it doesn't ultimately make that much of a difference, but yeah, yeah that's kind of the way I look I, at it. I think uh, I tend to go even more conservative on the, the speeds and stuff because for me, it's like the, the setup 
and all that and then hitting the button is is the the time critical part and so i want to improve reliability even at the expense of that because like you said i can multitask right if you can be doing something else then who cares how long it takes right and and i'd rather sort of have it be 100 percent sure and take two hours than it be like a 50 50 proposition and take half an hour even right, if yeah. it's a coin flip like a fish an hour, because then it also is diminishing my ability to go and do something else. If I know it's going to it's gonna do it right and it's going to take two hours, I can go do something else for two hours. But if it's yeah, half right. an hour... And you won't have 50, to go running back, checking on it all right. the time and making sure it's still going. Yeah, exactly. Man, I wish I had a... I will tell you what, though. I wish I had a CNC on this project. All of those little metal those brackets holes. I was making mm. uh, to uh, hold yeah. all the shelves, that would have been perfect for a CNC. But yeah, in time. So check this out. So here was one of the other problems I had. Again, user error, but this one was sad when it happened, but kind of comical now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm routing out all these legs for this piece. And it's, it's four legs that are all coming out of one sheet of plywood. It's going the first three. It's great. I keep checking back on it every 10 minutes, like you were just saying, Mike. Everything's going good. I keep looking out the window. The fourth one, I'm like, okay, it's looking good. It's on the last leg. I go out there. I'm like, okay, it said it was going to take like two hours and 50 minutes. It's coming up on that time. It's got to be close to done. So I go out there. I'm, I'm looking at it. It's still routing it, but it's like, it's not very deep. It's only about like a quarter of an inch deep. This should be like almost all the way through by now. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. So as it's going around, I get some pencil out and I mark inside the groove. Figuring, oh, okay, okay, next time it comes around, it should, it should cut take off of pass. my mark. So it comes around, goes over it. It doesn't cut my pencil line. I'm like, okay, why is this thing not plunging deeper? Yeah, it's like it's not and, lowering. Right. So it just so happens that's actually the last pass that it was doing as it's doing it. So it goes through that pass, it stops moving, and then when it's done, it returns to its starting point, like the starting XY point. Uh, but now the bit can't raise. So it returns oh. to the starting point and cuts through <laughs> the whole workpiece. Luckily, it only hit one of the legs and on the top. Oh, no. And so I can just kind of turn that piece backwards. And why no couldn't it raise? Know. Is that so, just like a thing or? Okay, so I thought I was having this problem where these little set screws were backing out on me. And mm. so I put them in there, I Loctited them in, and I was like, there's no way that this thing backed out again. Like I made sure these things were in there good. So I assumed that was the problem just because I had had that problem before when I was setting things up. So I'm like, man, what could it be? I go around the back of the machine one of my cords got tangled on the plugs that go into the Z, what controls the Z axis and it pulled it out. So wow. basically the Z axis <laughs> couldn't read the G code or whatever. Couldn't read. Yeah. Just wasn't getting any information. Exactly. Wow. So it's like, Oh my God. So that, luckily it was a good lesson to learn to like, now I have my cord set up in a way where that won't happen again. But it's one of those things I think like, you know, the first few times you do it, you're just going to be like, okay, I know not to do this anymore. I know not yeah. to do that anymore. And then, you know, by the fifth time you do it, it's you have a checklist to go exactly. through and like, this is what yeah. I don't do. Whatever, whatever I do, don't do these things yeah, and so check actually, this first if something goes wrong. It's a very memorable mistake that happened, but luckily in a way that like doesn't ruin the project. So yeah, I guess that's something to be thankful for. And I guess that can transition into what we're going to talk about this week. What a segue. What yeah. a what segue. A se- oh, that's a pro, my friend. Yeah. So today <laughs> we're going to talk about what we're thankful for, which is seems... You know, like uh, an obvious no-brainer given that uh, it's Thanksgiving. But I think, uh, you know, to, to make this less of a seasonal thing, which I'm not a big fan of seasonal stuff. Like, you know, I keep your pumpkin spice stuff and all pumpkin that. Keep your, keep your Christmas carols and all that. Uh, but 
I do think gratitude's like a pretty uh, important idea. And, Year round. Yeah, and 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 I don't think of it as this kind of like, oh, you know, I'm like so spiritual and grat- and grateful. Like, oh, I'm so hashtag blessed. Like, I find that <laughs> I find most of the conversations that I hear about that topic uh, distasteful and uh, dis like disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's like fu- there, there's a strong functional importance to gratitude, and, and I think it's like a, it, it's hard to be happy without that. Um, and so for uh, I'll go first in sort of discussing what I'm thankful for. And for, for me, it's sort of this like uh, sort of like hierarchy of needs process uh, for, for thankfulness. And it starts like when I wake up. So when that sort of consciousness uh, uh, begins, it's like, you know, how, how do I feel in the morning? And if uh, so, the, the most important thing is that I'm excited to get out of bed and that, that's at a bare minimum. I can be grateful for that. That's 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 the most important thing. Because whether or not like career wise or uh, interest wise, like things are going great or not, uh, there's been times when things have been going terrible for me. But I was excited to get out of bed to do it. And the only times <laughs> when I'm uh, really not is when I don't know what to do or I'm really tired. And in both of those cases, there's there's actionable things to take. If I'm still tired, that means well, that's a physical thing. That's fixable. I need to time manage better, get more sleep, be more restful. So I'm in a physical state to actually take advantage of or be excited about something. If it's sort of a just not feeling anything, I don't know what to do kind of thing. Well, that's exactly the time when I need to just take a lot of action of, and experimenting and trying to, d- to do a lot of things that might spark that interest. So uh, so that's the sort of the basics. Uh, uh, from there, the f- sort of next step I would say um, is... Am I, am I sort of meeting my sort of goals, sort of paying my bills, sort of taking care of, of my responsibilities, uh, and am I learning something at the same time? Like I, you know, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs and, and just people in general, they worry so much about getting somewhere fast. And for, for me, I'm, I'm not worried about going anywhere. I'm worried about just always perpetually being in a state of progress because our destinations, they choose all, they change all the time. Like what I wanted to be and what I want to do at 20, 25, 30, 35 have all been different. Um, but the universal thing is, is I never want to feel static. And I also want to feel like I'm getting, you know, taking care of my responsibilities because without the taking care of the responsibility part, you end up feeling stressful, which again goes back to the sort of not being excited about waking up part. So I always say that to people like, if you can, you know, when, when you're talking about, oh, I should take this job or this job, it's like, can you pay your bills and will you learn something? If, if you're doing those two things, you're like, you're, you're an undeniable path for improvement. And that's super exciting and something to be grateful for. And, you know, the, 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 the sort of last stage is, do I sort of think my work is like meaningful or important other than just, other than just to me? Right. And that's, I think, the last, but that's a great thing. And it's nice to have those grand visions, but you often can't uh, get there until you're doing the sort of first ones, right? Being excited about getting started with your day, being excited about or, uh, being able to pay your bills and sort of improve your sort of skill set. And for the last like two or three years, I've really only been doing the, the first two, but I finally think like things are at sort of, uh, you know, I've been sort of doing inventory of where I'm at kind of financially, uh, career wise, audience wise. 
And I think that's that's partially the you know, the the reason why I want to sort of uh, do these projects, like the one I'm doing in Mississippi for affordable housing, and then the sort of orphanage in Uganda, is you know I I love designing and making things. I'm super happy, but I don't think I'm having mega impact uh, by making more cool furniture. That that don't get me wrong. I don't think it's unimportant. It's super important because it's it's inherently the sort of vehicle that I'm sort of creating and it's helping me build this audience. But now the question is, uh, is how can I leverage this audience for uh, something else? And I see, mm-hmm. and I, I want to make one point really clear. I see like no moral betterment or I, I don't see it as like a moral thing at all. I don't think that like building a, a, a school or designing a school in Uganda is any more of a moral task than making a plywood table. I, I, I don't think that way. So I don't think this is like something like, oh, that's, that doesn't mean anything. It's more of a, uh, of, 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 of a challenge that I can sort of see as meaningful. I don't mean to sort of project that as any sort of objective truth of what's better. Um, but I think that's sort of, uh, you know, it, it's really easy to get into a a mindset where you feel like, oh, I just got to keep doing this. I got to keep doing this. Got to keep growing the channel. Got to get to a million subscribers. Got to do this. But every once in a while, when I do sort of think about what I'm thankful for and sort of, you know, embrace the gratitude, uh, I'm like, wait, I'm paying my bills. I'm doing great financially now, uh, uh, better better than, than I think at any other point in my career. And uh, I like I have lots of exciting things. And I could do more of the same, but I think uh, I think there's a horizon that I could see where if I kept doing more of the same, it would uh, I would get less and less excited about waking up. Mm-hmm. I think uh, well, it's funny that you brought up so, so it kind of made me think about something. A lot of the times right now with working full time, then doing this, and and it seems like taking on more and more with the whole making thing and the content creation thing, especially lately now with the dwell videos and just you know, trying to take advantage of the opportunities that are coming my way while they're coming my way. So maybe I'm spreading myself thinner than I, I thought I would be at this point in terms of like how many videos I'm gonna do next month or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes like getting stressed out about that and then stopping to think like, man, how great is it to be able to be stressed out about this? Yeah. Right, like you have the enough opportunities to where it's like overwhelming. Right, like, yeah, if you would have told me that if you would have told me two years ago, you'll be stressed out because of this, I would have been like, yes, that is awesome. Yeah. That is my dream come true. So yeah, it, it's funny how you just like adjust to it and it becomes normal, but it's nice to every once in a while stop and say like, hey, like, you know, you're doing, you're stressed out doing this because you're, you're having success doing the thing that you wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the other thing is, so something to be thankful for is, um, just, I mean, think about what we're doing right now. Like, it's crazy that right now we're doing a podcast and talking to literally dozens of people. No, <laughs> dozens. <laughs> literally. Wait, no. people listen it, to this? <laughs> just our moms. Oh, <laughs> no. damn it. No, so, no, but it's crazy. Like, I mean, it was only until very recent history that doing things like this were possible where, you know, there's a pretty low barrier to entry in terms of the technology that's available to us to be able to create content and record it and edit it and then have platforms to share it with all kinds of people. I mean, this is all pretty much, you know, the, the blink of an eye if you look at historic, the, the overall timeline of human existence, yeah. um, that this has been available to people. So I'm 
very thankful to have come about in a time where this is possible. And it just makes me think like, what would I be doing if this weren't a reality? Obviously it would be something else. I don't know what that is. It makes me think like, would I have been just as happy to just make furniture in my garage that, you know, I share with a smaller group of people? I probably would have been because that would have been my reality, but you could have done a you could have done a CB radio talk hour yeah. every week ham radio <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I think gratitude what you what you described I think you know definitely resonates with me it's like you know gratitude and thankfulness is something that can transform stress and and provide the perspective to to make you exactly. sort of really excited and realize how well things are going because mm-hmm. the you know the, the the lack of perspective in any one moment. Uh, that, that stress can cause can be like, I have to do this because I said I was going to do this. And we sort of micro focus just on what we're supposed to do instead of what what even those responsibilities mean as opportunities and how they're like, wow, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> we're getting paid right. to do all <laughs> kinds of stuff. like, And so much that it's even hard to manage all of the tasks. I mean, just even think about it. it this can have to do with what we're doing or pretty much can be applicable to anybody. But just think if in two years from now, if you were given the choice of either trying to search for that next thing to do or knowing that you would have the stress because there's so many opportunities that you have to take advantage. I mean, anybody would choose that that second scenario, I think. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mike, what are you thankful for? Boy, I'm thankful for yeah, a lot. Ingrate. Yeah. I was looking, well, I was looking back actually a few days ago, just thinking about where I was this time last year. And it's mm-hmm. insane how, like what you said, it's perspective. When you just look at it day to day, it seems like you're just grinding and things are just the way they are. But if you look back and see the progress you've made or the way things have changed, you can really get a perspective shift. I mean, this time last year, I had done maybe like four or five sponsored videos. And when mm-hmm. I say that, I was barely making any money from them. I should have, like, it was just like, they were barely sponsored videos. But now, like what you're saying, Chris, it's to the point where it's like, we, we have more opportunities than we have time for, which is insane. And I really didn't expect that to ever happen, or at least not for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's one thing. But the relationships, I think, that I've built with people like in the making community is really, really awesome as well. Um, I mean, just in this year, I mean, prior to this, I was just kind of in, on the grind, trying to build an audience, trying to build a channel, all of this stuff. And I kind of felt really isolated um, mm-hmm. you know, my friends aren't really interested in building things. So that's not really something we talk about. Um, you know, it was just kind of like I was in my, in my space doing the thing that I cared about and was like occupying all my time with, but it was, I really didn't have a lot of people to share it with. And it seemed kind of a lot more one way at the time. My audience wasn't very large. Um, I didn't have a ton of fan a- interaction, but now I mean, yeah. I'm doing a podcast with Ben, the guy that was probably most influential with me even doing what I'm doing now which is insane. And then Chris, who is probably the like person I've been most impressed with ever, like in terms of like coming out and making YouTube videos that are just incredible from the get go. So, what a sweet guy, Mike. You're such a nice guy. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm, buttering, I'm, buttering, I'm buttering you up like some Christmas turkey. You need turkeys. to borrow some money? What do you need? <laughs> no, no, no. But, but I mean, even beyond that, whether it's just like people I've met, you know, from doing events or just talking online. It's just like my world has gotten exponentially larger this past year Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm incredibly thankful for it. So yeah, it's been a great year and I'm really excited to see what the next year has. Cause if, if next year or if this year, the difference between this year and the year previous is any indication as to what next year might be, 
some crazy stuff might happen. So I'm pumped for it. Yeah, I think that, and, and that resonates with me as well. And that's kind of what Ben sort of alluded to about just like being excited for the day. But if you stretch that beyond that to what you're saying, excited about, you know, what's in store for you next year, that is one of the things that I'm also very thankful for is I feel like in the, for the first time in my life, at least career-wise, you know, I was doing fine before this in terms of earning a living and, you know, every, I was on track to have a, a fine comfortable life and everything but I do feel much more excited now mm-hmm. about the future than I, you than don't know I did what in the past gonna, you really don't know like you don't, what and, might happen and also when you just think about like okay here's where I was last year and here's where I am now like wow in one year could I be at this point or like yeah. you know where am I going to be in five years from now and just thinking about that kind of stuff is exciting and I think that that is why one of the reasons that it is actually so much more enjoyable to to grow something, to, to grow a business, as opposed to like, you know, if you just woke up tomorrow and you were rich and you had nothing to worry about, like right. everyone thinks that that's the dream, but I think it really wouldn't be. I think it's building something uh, literally and figuratively that is yeah. the dream. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I went like, I guess this time last year to not to go back to that, like in the past year, year and a half, I've gone from like being a broke college student to like fresh out of college with no job making YouTube videos to like making mm-hmm. more money than most adults I know, um, mm-hmm. which is insane. Like, that's crazy. I'd never expected any of that to happen the way it has. So got a lot to be thankful for. So thank you to everybody that supports what we do. You're amazing. Mike, do you consider yourself an adult? <laughs> I guess <laughs> now. I'm big. <laughs> I'm big now. <laughs> well, I mean, Chris, do you? I mean, you have kids, so you have to. Yeah, but I still kind of don't. I still feel yeah, exactly. like, you know, you always feel the same. Like I felt the same since I was like five years old. I always just feel the same age. Yeah. Five. Well, one day you're just gonna, one day when when the kid get when you have a couple kids and they get older and it's just like they wear down on you. You'll feel old. I bet. There you go. You, you feel different. Once they turn into teenagers, you'll feel old. Yeah. In, in perspective and physicality, you feel different. But in the in, uh, I think the part I expected as a kid was that at some point. The very nature of my inner monologue and way of thinking would change and that doesn't that part i think is pretty much the same like the way you sort of think and talk to yourself in your head of and, and how you identify things that that i think it changes less uh as, as much as the sort of you know the things around you yeah, yeah i think that also because it uh you just adapt i think the whole time so i think when i was little i thought like oh when i'm a grown-up like i'll just know everything i'll have everything 100 percent figured out and then you get older and you realize like, oh, no, I still don't. And if you think about actually, me and my me and Dolores were talking about this the other day. I was saying if you're the kind of person who worries about things or has stresses about things and then you solve those things, would you not have stress anymore? Or would you not worry anymore? And I don't think you would. I think that if you're that person, you'll just replace whatever those stresses are with something else. Yep. Right. Yeah. Awesome. It, it's so. Okay. Go ahead. Whoa. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> the old politeness, the old politeness standoff. You go ahead. Ben. <laughs> yeah. I hear. Well, I was I was going to uh, transition from gratitude to obsessions and see what you Ooh. guys are watching. Oh, well, let oh, me go ahead and go. Okay. I bought a bottle of Nika and I K K A coffee grain whiskey. Yeah. Is that Ben stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's probably what's got me so talkative today. It's, it's good, good, right? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Just put that on some ice and you're set, right? Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, <laughs> I was. I was. Does surpre- it have caffeine in it? 
I don't know. No, it's a. Uh, it's no. not coffee. It's uh, cafe. Um, it's 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 certain type of distillery. I think. Um, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the, so it's like a different technique, and it's it is the smoothest whiskey I've ever had. Yeah, and you so, guys like to joke about me being a hipster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, my limited knowledge on it is it's kind of like it's a whiskey that's burned or that's that's made in a more sterile environment, the way like vodka is made, instead of in like oak barrels and all this kind of stuff. It's made in a more like uh, like modern way. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's really good. So that would be my obsession. Try it out. I also from uh, my uh, ancestral home of Japan. Uh, I my selection is slippery oh stairs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, this this is a video that's sort of been going viral this weekend and stuff, and I became aware of it this morning. And it is it's one of those things that I think is, uh, it's such a clear distillation of something that's easily understandable yet very imaginative, and it's a game show uh, in Japan. Where it's these like kind of like neoprene kind of plastic staircase, just a very basic staircase, not super steep ones, very wide mm-hmm. grand staircase. And the challenge is, and there's a faucet leaking some sort of like lubricant or KY jelly yeah, or like astroglide or, or something or Vaseline or something. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of people trying to climb up the stairs. And it is hilarious because they obviously have to go really slow because it's so slippery. But... As soon as one, if one sort of that's ahead of the race sort of falls, it they auto- automatically take out everybody else like bowling pins. And which is, which that's the annoying part because if you're the type of person that's like, okay, I'm gonna take my time, I'm gonna be careful and Slow, really like deliberate with my yeah. movements, and it's like you get three quarters of the way up, and then the guy that passes you because he's just hurrying ends up falling and knocks you down. I don't know how that can be related to life. At, <laughs> it's it, a metaphor how, somehow. Yeah, yeah, how can that be? Re- Except that, it actually there it happened. No, that's that's the uh, dumb question that Ben has to make into a uh, into uh, something smart. Nah, nah, Sometimes think, in life you're did. walking upstairs and then a slimy Japanese guy comes and takes <laughs> your legs out. Yeah, man, Japanese game shows are crazy though. They are. You know what's great is that they're they they go two ways. They either go super complex where you watch it and you're just like I have no idea, or they take something really simple. Like one of my yeah. favorite ones was just a tube, and you have to blow on either end, and then they put like a spider. Or something yeah. gross in the middle. Uh. So whoever like whoever like <laughs> loses? Let, loses their breath first has the spider gets blown right into their mouth. Yeah, I saw another one. This and Jack Black was on it. I don't know how they got Jack Black on this Japanese game show, but the idea is it was there was uh, pantyhose like tacked or nailed to the wall, and you had to put the pantyhose over your face. And then, like, run out and reach, like, and grab an object that was uh, that was a certain distance away, but it would just oh, smash. Oh, so stuck to the wall. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. The pantyhose were stuck to the wall. So right, it was just, but like, it's pulling you. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, like, smashing out your face and making it look so funny. <laughs> Google that. Google uh, Jack Black face. Wait a pantyhose face. Well, that, and then that, make sure your Google safe you search. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's a Google safe search place. Yeah, don't make, do that one in public. Yeah, Chris, don't image you? search it. I uh I was not prepared for an obsession, but I since it's Thanksgiving, I'll think of a food related one. So, mm. do you guys have Rubios where you live? I it's do like not. Like fish taco type stuff. Hmm. So they they opened up one of these places near me. They're they're all around Southern California, but man, I would say in the past month I've eaten like twenty fish tacos. I'm <laughs> loving fish tacos. So when you guys and I'm not a big seafood guy, Mike, and I know you don't like seafood, but I think you would like a fish taco. I think if there's something that would kind of like ease me into the whole thing, that would probably be yeah. it. Yeah, because they're the crispy. One. You can get yeah, a crispy. exactly. They're crispy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beer battered. 
Mm. And Ooh, I don't even yeah. drink. I mean, I like I like uh, fried catfish. So that's kind of like a good yeah, good transition. Same same wheelhouse. So yeah, once cool. you're uh, by like Saturday or so, when you're bored of Thanksgiving turkey and leftovers and all that stuff, go get yourself a nice fish taco. Honestly, I don't really know that there's anywhere to get fish tacos here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. I would not try to in Oklahoma. <laughs> no, a nice I Oklahoma I would, fish taco. I wouldn't trust them anyway. It's, it's a catfish taco. <laughs> There's something about that that's just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, oh man. But anyways, all right. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are not following us on Instagram, do that. It is at Modern Maker Podcast. But more important than that, go and follow at Dwell Made. We want to kind of get this a really cool launch. We want to make sure that everybody is aware of what's happening. So if you want to follow us on Instagram, make sure and do that there. We'll be doing progress updates on the on the projects we're putting out. Maybe some cool tool tips, things like that. So keep an eye out there. Uh, at Benjamin Ueda, at Four Eyes Furniture, and at Modern Builds, respectively, for our Instagrams. And if you want to give us a review, like I said, that always helps. Thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Have an awesome Thanksgiving uh, tweet at us what you're thankful for. Do it hashtag. I'm thankful for this because it That's is a good. lot of letters. I know, but we got to make a unique <laughs> hashtag. It is hashtag. I'm thankful because it's good. How about MMP thankful? There we go. There yeah, we go. Right. <laughs> hashtag MMP thankful. Yeah, and make go. it funny, and we'll share yes. a couple next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Nice. Later. Happy Thanksgiving.